0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies.
0: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast right here on Audioboom.com, iTunes. You should subscribe if you haven't yet. You can follow me on Twitter, at James Rapine. If you've missed any of our episodes this week, you can go back, listen to them. Yesterday, you heard from Carlos Dansby, Tyler Boyd. And I got Bengals players to do British accents, so you can check that out uh, on our iTunes or audioboom.com. It's Locked On Bengals, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And every Thursday, we bring in Joe Goodberry. And Joe helps me preview the game. We look at the, the upcoming matchup this week. And right now, actually, the Bengals traveling to London. They're going to go to London, take on the Washington Redskins. And Joe joins us now. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. Joe, the big thing here, obviously, three and four Bengals. They got to get a win. They see a familiar foe or a familiar face for the second straight week in Jay Gruden. What have you seen from the Redskins' offense compared to what you saw from him when he was the Bengals' coordinator a few years back? To be
1: honest, it looks very, very similar, yeah. uh, and that would make sense. You know, it, it, Jay Gruden's offense is a lot like John Gruden's offense, and you know, it's the old West Coast style with a little bit of. Spread offense to to accommodate you know the new NFL, uh, but it's very similar. And even into the point where they're struggling to run the ball right now, they're not really a good power running team. Uh, they don't have many formations for running the ball. You know, a lot of things I remember with you, with Giovanni Bernard in his rookie year, and with uh, and with uh, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis at the time with the Bengals, uh, they just weren't very dynamic as a running team. And it, it looks very similar right now with the Redskins and Matt Jones, uh, but you know. When you go to a quarterback at Kirk Cousins, he's very similar to Andy Dalton too, to be honest, especially during that time, when I'm thinking of 2012, 2013, where... They were throwing a lot. There, a lot of it was short stuff. A lot of it was pre-snap, post-snap type reads where he—they're just going to take what the defense is giving you. And uh, you know, you're going to make some mistakes. You're going to throw in the coverage a few times, especially if you read incorrectly. And I think we've seen that out of Kirk Cousins. Uh, Pressure gets to him. He doesn't like pressure up the middle. He doesn't like moving off to the spot, and he wants to get rid of the ball really early. If you can make him hold it, if you can play some zone, if you can jam these receivers, just force them to. To hold on to it just a half second longer, you can really disrupt this passing offense. So, you know, I, I think the Bengals should this this game against the against the Reds game, dynamic. I think it can be another straight week where the defense looked a little bit better. Maybe maybe versus the run, they looked their, the, maybe this is their best game for the Bengals defense. But uh, overall, I think this should be back to back weeks where, where we feel a little bit better with the defense.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I certainly hope so, and one big part of the defense that we'll get to a little bit later in the podcast, but I think will be very important, is the linebacker core this Sunday. Chris Thompson had a big game. You mentioned Matt Jones, but Chris Thompson more of a pass-catching running back. Jordan Reed is is expected to play, although he hasn't been cleared yet as we record this podcast. I think it's going to be a big deal. Who's on Jordan Reed? Who's covering Chris Thompson out of the backfield?
1: Yeah, and it feels like this is a a few weeks in a row now where we're concerned with the linebackers covering tight ends and running backs, and and I don't see it changing. You know, There just isn't a guy on the roster that you feel confident uh, covering those guys Uh, one-on-one. We thought it was going to be Carlos Dansby this year as their coverage guy, but he really has been picked on. He doesn't look as quick as before, and he's an older guy, so that's to be expected. But also, I think the, the scheme the Bengals run doesn't really help uh, their their linebackers cover running backs out of the flat, so they're they're always throwing that double A gap blitz look before snap, and then to back out, get back in the coverage, and then try to cover the flat sometimes can be very tough, and, and just that extra second it takes to get out there is all they need to to be one on one in space versus versus a, a running back. So like you said, Chris Thompson is very athletic, good pass blocker too for a smaller running back for the Redskins. So. They use him a lot on third downs. He is their third down back, and he's going to create a lot of problems. But Jordan Reed is one of the most athletic tight ends in the NFL. He, he's a former receiver. He, he looks natural out in space, running routes. Uh, he just has great ball skills, great hands, very athletic. He's going to probably make our linebackers look a little bit silly. Uh, the, the thing is, you hope the receivers, you can lock them down with your with your starting corners. Uh, They're good, but they're not great. They're not fantastic guys, especially a lot of them are are older in in their careers. Deshaun Jackson can still get deep, but he's not a dynamic guy. Pierre Garçon is more of a run-after-the-catch guy. Uh, He's really not dynamic anymore. So, you know, you can cover those guys and maybe give a little bit of help towards uh, whoever's covering Jordan Reed. I think that's their go-to guy. That's the guy. And they've got Vernon Davis as their backup tight end. So, you know, they're going to do a lot of two tight end sets and really put pressure on these linebackers and safeties.
0: Now, Joe, I know the Bengals don't normally do this, match up one corner on one specific wide receiver. But to me, it's really obvious that Drake Kirkpatrick matches up better with Pierre Garçon, and Adam Jones matches up a lot better with Deshaun Jackson. Would you agree with that?
1: I would. And like you said, the Bengals don't normally do that. It's very, very rare that that they'll move a guy, especially for the whole game. I can't remember the last time they've done that. They did a little bit with Antonio Brown uh, last year where they put Pac-Man on him in the slot and other things like that. But really, they they try to avoid moving those guys around completely.
0: This is uh, the Locked on Bengals podcast. We're joined by Joe Goodberry right now. You can follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Comes on to preview the upcoming matchup every single Thursday. This is obviously a big game, the Bengals 3-4. and four. Getting to 4-4 four and four before the bye, really important. What's one area that i uh, maybe you're you're surprised that 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 they're they're struggling in or one area that you're surprised at how well they've played so far through seven games this year
1: yeah there's there's a few areas i guess uh yeah we talked about the running game a lot, but after last week, you really hope that they've uh that they've turned that corner and figured out a way to run the ball. maybe it's just the Browns defense or maybe it's the Bengals finally figuring out how to use these guys but on, on defense uh the pass rush as a whole has been un- underwhelming. Besides Carlos Dunlap, who seems to get a sack every game, and he's really playing really, really well. He's, he's one of the best defensemen in the AFC. Uh, the rest of the guys just aren't making much of an impact. Michael Johnson really hasn't made much of an impact versus the run or the pass all year. Uh, Will Clark ha- had a couple sacks early in the year. He had a few pressures. They started giving him a little bit more snaps. Uh, he really hasn't responded to it, hasn't really produced ma- anything more in, in the limited snaps he does get. Marcus Hunt had a couple pressures at the beginning of the year, uh, really flat in the first game, really hasn't done much since then. And Gino you know, Atkins, while he's been good, we know what this defense looks like when he's playing at an elite level. He's been fine, but he hasn't had that game where he really takes over or really really dominating a uh, snap in and snap out. If we get that type of game from him, the entire defense is different. So that's really my focus the, the next two weeks seeing can these guys – apply more pressure. Can they find a way to get these guys to, to just play at, a, at another level? If you do, I think the entire defense is going to look better.
0: Last week, Vontez Berfic was in the, uh, in the news a lot, and for good reason. He got fined. What have you seen from Vontez Berfic through four games of him being back on the field following his suspension?
1: First game back, I think that was the Dolphins game. The, the defense had a had an entire energy about them, a the confidence about them. They, get, they pretty much got their leader back. So I, I, that impact has been felt. But on the field, I don't remember him looking this bad, to be honest with you, in, the, in those first handful of games back. He looks heavy. He looks late. He looks slow. Uh, he's still super aggressive like he's always been. But – when you're just that one step slower, you really aren't going to make that same impact. I don't know if being out for those few weeks, uh, you know, he couldn't be with the team, couldn't really train with the team. I don't know if he gained weight. I don't know if he looks a little out of shape. Uh, he, he's always been a bigger guy, but at the same time, he was always with his anticipation, with his awareness and his, and his intelligence. He was always in on the play before, uh, you know, his athleticism was affected or, or negatively affected the play. So, I'm looking for him to get back to that. You know, I think he's been picked on a little bit uh, in pass coverage this year. If uh, he, he's playing well, like again, this is the same thing for defense for Atkins and finds it perfect. If those guys are playing well, this entire defense is different. So it's very important to get these guys to play at the best of their abilities. It's not like we're talking about a role player here. We're talking about maybe your best defensive player. Uh, you need him to play to, to the best of his ability.
0: Joe the trade deadline's coming up shortly it's this Tuesday if the Bengals win on Sunday I know obviously you'll probably be in favor of them upgrading somewhere probably not something they'll do but if there was a player whether it's a lineman or a receiver or whoever out there that you think could instantly address a need and plug a hole who do you think that would be I'm putting you on the spot here but who do you think that would be?
1: You're put me on the spot because I'm thinking about it, and I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks. Uh, there apparently there's a few guys out there. I mean, good guys. That, yeah, a bold team may go out and get a yeah. Cameron Wake from the Dolphins. They may go get a Joe Thomas from the Browns. They may go get a Joe Staley from the, the from the Forty Niners. You know, if you go get Joe Staley, and they're and apparently they're asking for a third, fourth, fifth round pick, mid round pick, and you put him at right tackle and you fix that hole right now with Cedric O'Blakey, who I think it was reported he's given up 23 pressures so far this year. I think that might even be on the generous side. I could see if it was 30. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he's killed a lot of plays, and that's just pass protection. So he's killed a lot of plays. Your offense would be much better if you had a solid guy at that spot, and Joe Staley's been one of the best tackles in the league for a long time. Um, I think, you know, a much more aggressive team – I don't see the Bengals doing it, to be honest. But if you went then give a mid-run pick for Cameron Wake. This pass rush is completely different. On the end of, of Geno Atkins. Uh, Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap. I would love to see that. Uh, going into the playoffs, if you get that far, this, you're talking about a formidable defense uh, with a pass rush that can get to anybody and beat anybody. That just sounds too good for me. And especially when you think about... Uh, their draft classes last two years not making an impact early on. This wouldn't be uh, a player you're going to miss next year. It's going to be a player that maybe was going to play in 2018 or so. Let's let's say if Marvin Lewis has creative control over this, he may not be here by that time. You know, it's up to him. I would love to say, love to see him say, you know, I'm being aggressive. We're in the last couple of years of me being here, maybe the last year, and uh, we want to go get an impact player. And I think you have an opportunity this year to do it. It's just very rare in the NFL.
0: Yeah, you're you're absolutely right with that, Joe. And uh, we're going to start doing something every week. We're going to review a position, talk about uh, a position group. One, we we hinted on a little bit. We've talked about Burfict at length, but let's talk about the linebackers because, Joe, I, the last thing I thought uh, going into this year was that the, these linebackers would be this bad. I mean, they replaced AJ Hawk with Carlos Dansby. You obviously get Vontez Burfict back, but they really haven't looked good through seven weeks.
1: And, you know, the, the thing about it is so many of them are specialty or role players. You look at Ray Maluga, who yeah. they've really narrowed down to just a downhill battering ram run defender, middle middle linebacker, who's just going to play base downs and play against the run. But when you go and play so many teams that, that are strictly going out there in three wide receiver sets, like the Patriots, like the Jets, you're going to end up playing Ray Maluga maybe 10 snaps a game. And they're going to struggle versus the run in those games. And I think we've seen that. And the Bengals have tried to put Ray Maluga more in nickel positions or more in pass coverage and just to get him on the field, just to defend the run. But then, obviously, you're giving up something in pass coverage. So I think they're, they're kind of in a catch-22. They want to play him more. They want to defend the run. But it's hard to get him on the field when teams are out there in three-wide receiver all the time. Then you've got a guy like Vincent Ray, who they like in coverage. They like him in space. Uh, but you like Carlos Stans being Bontas perfect for that. So they've kind of tried to rotate in uh, Vincent Ray into more base packages and a couple more nickel packages. But then last week we saw against the Browns, he got, he got blown out of the hole a few times by offensive linemen. He got moved a little bit versus the run, and he let up a couple runs. That's just because they have so many guys that are just you know specialty role players. It's hard to get them in. It's hard to get a good mix. I think if they just had their three guys all year long, Uh, they'd probably be a little bit better. A linebacker to me is a lot like offensive line. You need to be cohesive. You need to know where the other guy is going to be because everybody's got a gap. Everybody's got a lane. and You have to trust the other guy is going to hit it. If you don't trust the guy next to you, you're taking that hole and we're going to see a lot of cutbacks and going back into the hole you vacated. and We've seen that a lot this year. I think missing Burpett the first few weeks. I think Kevin Dansley is a new player. I think trying to fit more in different packages hasn't helped. Uh, and Then they made one draft pick at Nick Vigil, and we really haven't had a chance to see him. I want—I would like to see him get in there, but then that's kind of contradictory to what I've been saying. Trying to keep the same three guys, two guys in on and in, in all the time, then you want to try and find, you know, a couple plays here or there for Nick Vigil. So I think as the year goes on, we should see better linebacker plays. that get more comfortable with each other, but. You're right. So far this year, it's been a disaster.
0: Is it surprising that they're? I mean, because they're veterans. Carlos Dansby's been around the block plenty, plenty of times. Vontez Burfik's no spring chicken now. I mean, he's been in the league for years. And, yeah. and Vincent Ray, Ray Malaluga. You're talking about guys that have that are certainly experienced. Is it surprising that through seven games they haven't found that cohesiveness?
1: Yeah, it's very surprising. You've, and we've seen a bunch of them. Discussing things after plays, uh, going to the sideline and kind of arguing a little bit, on and point. <laughs> you see them pointing to the tablet and then to, to the pictures, like, oh, no, you're supposed to be here, I'm supposed to do this. So I, there's a lot of confusion, it looks like, with these guys right now. Uh, it, yeah, it is surprising. Like you said, Dansby has played not only a long time in the league, but with a bunch of different teams and a lot of different guys next to him. It should be no, no issue with him. And I remember it was preseason. Uh, it was Carlos Dansby and Vincent Ray doing an interview. And they said, yeah, we know exactly what the, what the offense is doing. We should, I should end up with five interceptions, I think Danby said, because we're still we that confident. And then we haven't seen those two play together that much after the first couple of weeks. So yeah, I, I just wonder, that's why I think it's a chemistry thing, as I watch guys overrun their holes, if I watch other guys not, not jump in and, and help the linebacker next to him, if they're just not trusting each other. I, I do think it should iron itself out as, as the year goes by.
0: Yeah, and on yesterday's podcast, Dansby called this Sunday's game a must-win. Joe, how do you think this game plays out? It's easy to say that the Bengals are going to win. I thought that this was a game they would win, just mark it on the schedule. Oh, they can win in London. But London games are weird, and the Redskins, right now, they're better than the Bengals. Not only record-wise, but they won four straight up until last week. How do you think this game is going to go on Sunday?
1: Yeah, the Redskins are on a slouch. You know, at the beginning of the year, yeah, we thought the Bengals were one of the top four to six teams. We feel confident in their talent and their ability with just basically what we've seen in the last six years. But they haven't played up to that. When They very rarely had a very consistent all-the-way-through game. Even last week's game, they couldn't stop the run. And then you watch something like that, and you go, man, it's still an issue going forward. You go back to the Dolphins game where they one handedly, but then they struggled in the red zone. So they're, even when they've had complete games, they haven't been perfect. They haven't been, you know, games where you're feeling fully confident in this team. The Redskins can, can, can beat you. Yes, they're not. you're not better than them. If you're the Bengals, you better come in and play one of your best games of the year. But at the same time, it's also one of these games on the schedule Or you have to win. If you're a playoff team, you look at the Redskins and you look at these other teams that are on the schedule, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Bills, and the Eagles, you say, okay, if those teams are below us or at par with us, the Bengals have to beat those teams to get into the playoffs. You can't just split with these guys. You can't say, ah, that was a good team we lost, because we've done that already. We've lost the playoff teams. It's time to start beating these teams that are just as good as you, if not better, and uh, you know that's how you're going to get into the playoffs at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And also that the trade scenario—if they're three and five—you're probably not trading to build for now. If you're four and four and just a half game out of the division lead, you certainly feel like you're closer to making the playoffs.
1: I could also see them going four and four, and then Marvin Lewis saying, "You know, we're just turning the corner just now. We don't need Dan and anybody. We'll be fine."
0: <laughs> no, and that's the the most likely thing. I don't I don't right. see them making a move. But like the the fantasy GM and me and the 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 person who doesn't believe in this team can make a, a playoff run or a Super Bowl run, is hoping right. they make a move.
1: And, and, you know, there's probably someone listening right now, like, come on, they're never going to make a trade. they the Bengals, are not going to do that. We, we, we know that. But you're not going to take the fantasy out of us. We grew up playing Madden, okay? If we want to make a move, we're going to go make a move. This is fun to talk
0: about and speculate. Absolutely. Absolutely, Joe. It's, uh, it's always fun to talk to you. I will uh, talk to you after the Redskins game, man. Take care. All right, James. That's Joe Goodberry. You could follow him on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. You could follow me on Twitter at James Erpine. We're growing, growing, growing here on Locked On Bengals, and it's because of you. Share this podcast with every Bengals fan you know. We're going to get the word out. It's a daily Bengals podcast bringing you Bengals content like that, like one on one interviews with Carlos Dansby yesterday and Tyler Boyd yesterday. It's what we do. And it's what I do right here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. If you want exclusive interviews, exclusive content, opinions, and so much more, plus you can chime in on Twitter, you come here, Locked on Bengals. Subscribe, iTunes, audioboom.com. And until tomorrow, when it's Prediction Friday, when I'm going to give you my prediction for the Bengals in London, why they're going to win or lose, how they're going to do it, and so much more. I was right last week about the Cleveland. I said 27-13. I was pretty close. We'll see if I'm right this week. I'm James Erpine, and this is the Locked On Bengals Podcast. Thank you for listening.
1: Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first round wild card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that?